Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of 420 News on this glorious Tuesday, September 28th, 2021. How you guys doing tonight? Hey, hey, hey. How's y'all doing? I am the wizard, and of course... I'm Mountain Man. So, um... Real quick before we get started, what is the smoke of the evening, good sir? Oh man, so the smoke of the evening from tropical Greece. Uh, we have a little bit of Italian ice mixed in with some slurricane, and let me tell you, both of those are absolutely stunning. Oh yeah, just took the first hit, and it was gorgeous flavor. Oh my god, the mixture! I like even just the dry pulls before light off, dude. As I was rolling it, like. I was so excited for this combination. I just feel like the the mix of the, what is it, lemonine terpenes and stuff like that in it are just going to be absolutely amazing together. Oh, it's absolutely amazing. And not even going to lie. And that's you ready? Wrapped in a Palma Dutch, so you're not even getting any other flavor besides the tobacco, or besides the the uh, cannabis on that one. Hell yeah. Like when it comes to those fruity flavors and everything, it's not coming from the wrap. Hell yeah. So our Instagram users out there, how can we uh, acquire some of this? Uh, go ahead and check out either Tropical Grease on Instagram, or you could uh, also check out, I believe Magic Mountain also has a little bit uh, left over too as well. So check out Magic underscore Mountain Co. on Instagram as well. Definitely. Definitely. So since last Tuesday, hopefully all you guys' uh, week been been good. Um, I know mine's been... Uh, productive and i know mountain man's been been going through some shit his wife is about to head out oh yeah dude not looking so. forward to that <laughs> definitely not. so yeah we apologize for the fluctuation and all of our um digital product and podcasts and whatnot because it's uh, we're bearing with him we're just trying to send her off and then after that, we'll be able to, you know, back to the regularly exactly. scheduled program. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just bear with us on that. Um, it's all good. So we'll be getting there. And like like we always say, 420 News is on unbiased, good or bad news on the cannabis front and our push for federal legalization of recreational use or more. Um, federal liberation. Liberation. There you go. <laughs> federal liberation from the man. Right crazy man <laughs> so again all of our source all of our sources come from uh 420magazine.com yes sir make sure you guys go out there and check out the whole article as we skim the article and just give the author some love and oh, yeah. uh like and share their stuff and follow them i know a couple of the guys that or girls that we read they put up their instagram and mm -hmm. shit like that on their articles so make sure you guys go out there and support those people because all you people that listen to 420 news that's where all of our information comes from since day one i Hell think yeah. so we got some pretty good articles for you for this 420 news also we're basically going to tell you the story of cannabis connoisseurship through five strands california breaking the land barrier on some crazy shit going on out there oh yeah and then basically we're going to talk about if public consumption of marijuana is acceptable into today's society or not. So, Mount Man, why don't you start off with number one? Hell yeah. Story so, number one. Story number one bringing us up to uh, my home state uh, down in New York City. 
when they allowed public smoking of marijuana, arrests declined significantly, which sounds like a no-brainer. If it's legal to smoke weed in the public, cops can't arrest you for it. Except in some places where there's gray areas, and the cops like to exploit these gray areas to increase arrest records and feel like they are enforcing the law. It turns out that all you have to do for cops not to do something is to make it legal. The police are blind to the moral consequence of law sometimes. They simply enforce it, you know, like superior orders. However, the issue of public cannabis consumption isn't limited to New York City. It's a topic that will most definitely come up in every future legalization debate from now until cannabis is completely integrated into society. The picture that opponents of public smoking would want you to believe is that once you allow public consumption, people would just be walking around everywhere smoking joints all the time. I mean, I would. Oh, me too. I, I, I totally mean, agree. I would follow the law. Oh, yeah. But like if I'm walking around and the law states that I can just pop a joint out and fire that bitch up, I'm going to do it. Oh, yeah. Fuck them. But at the same time, I mean, I, I still think that like there's a, a moral thing that should apply there. Kind of like when smoking cigarettes, you know what I mean? Where you, you smoke it in the same place as... Um, you know, you would smoke a cigarette. You don't smoke around kids and stuff like that. I mean, it turns out that the cannabis tobacco smoking are virtually tied. Roughly 12% of Americans admit to smoking cannabis regularly versus 14% of Americans who smoke tobacco regularly. That's crazy. I didn't know that. Like, that's close, dude. 12, oh, yeah. 12% to 14%. That, that means, like, technically, like, I mean, there's much as... Cigarette smokers, the pot smokers, man. Like, and that's fucking cool. Another reason why people kind of look at it more as, uh, like, a, a tobacco than they do uh, alcohol is because most places <laughs> ban indoor smoking, you know, throughout the United States. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, I mean, that's that's something that's that's been, you know, taking place since, I mean, probably the early 2000s is where I saw it mostly, where they, they really started pushing for banning of any smoking indoors for fire safety reasons. Oh, yeah, and of for, course, yeah. You know, health, uh, health and safety reasons. So. Yeah, no. So, if, uh, j just say, worst comes to worst, and our government is like, you can't smoke... You can't smoke cannabis outdoors, but it's completely legal, like 100%. But they're saying that you can't smoke it outside. Do you think the push on the cannabis community to outlaw smoking cigarettes in public will happen? Oh, yeah, because people are going to then turn to, to feel kind of like they're, they're being discriminated against. Yeah, no, I feel that because, I mean, how fair would that be? It's completely legal, and you're going to sit there and say, you can't smoke it outside. Well, what about that motherfucker smoking a cigarette over there? I, I mean, it's just... That, I mean, it, it essentially encases the, the same thing as people don't want to smell it. I mean, people don't want to smell cigarettes just as much as they don't want to smell ex pot. Exactly. But I feel like it's pretty much the exact same thing. I mean, you can smoke or you can smell weed about as far away as you can smell a cigarette <laughs> because you can smell it on the smoke only the difference really being is that cigarettes and cigarette smoke is a lot more harmful for you and the body than cannabis smoke i mean i'll give it the good reason why we accept cigarette smoke more than marijuana smoke is uh 
back to the beginning. Well, that too. (laughs) Back to the beginning of the article. I don't think it's been society societal integrated. Yeah. Yet, like it's not accepted. Like cigarette smoke is. Yeah. Oh yeah. Of course, you get those people say, "Hey, can you please not smoke around me?" Cool. And you got your people like, "Hey." Please don't smoke the marijuana. I'm sure in the 1920s, there was plenty of people that said, hey, don't drink that alcohol around me. You know what I mean? True. And that's what we're we're coming upon right now. The only difference is, is that what we like to do and what we enjoy, it, you know, puts off a little bit of a smell sometimes. Oh, yeah. I can see a lot less regulation happening on probably edibles and stuff like that as we come into the future. And I feel like the regulation is going to be more on the smoking of the tobacco. Yeah. Or not tobacco, cannabis, my bad. Yeah, yeah. So... When it comes down to everything, um, how much control do you think the government should have? I mean, when it comes to should we as people, when it becomes federally liberated, Mm -hmm. should it be a law stating like there is no law on Mm -hmm. the books in the United States? That say you are lawfully allowed to smoke a cigarette outside. There's no law. And there's also no law stating you can't smoke a cigarette outside. Yeah. But establishments, so on and so forth, private properties, they have their own laws, which are covered by their own set of laws. And a lot of things are are left also to, to the state's determination as well. Like... I mean, there's there's just a, a lot of things you wouldn't you wouldn't recognize right off the hand. But I mean, there's a lot of things that the state actually has a lot of power on on what the law is on it. Like some things like the age for for consumption of certain things. You know what I mean? That's a that's a oh, state yeah. decided law. Like that's not yeah. I mean, they pass down things from the federal government saying, hey, we want you to do this or we, we want you to kind of sway your public to go this way. But if you don't listen, we'll just cut funding a little bit. You know what I mean? And that's usually what they say is we'll just not fund you for something like that. I feel that. I mean, when it comes down to the nitty gritty, uh, when it becomes federally liberated, I believe that the state should make the law. The law for marijuana should be on the federal level. It is 100% allowed to cultivate and Mm -hmm. consume and sell. And then the federal government turns to the state and says, okay, like, what else can't we or can we do? Well, that's up to you. Like, that's your laws. Like, you're allowed to do it. That's the law. Yep. Decide your gray areas. Definitely. Definitely. (coughs) But real quick, Mountman's got some uh, basically show shout outs from some of the companies that we work with or deal with or are personal friends of. Hell yeah. So I would love to give a quick shout out to Honey Mountain Pioneer. They just recently uh, landed their spot in at Smoker's World in the Strawbridge Marketplace. So go ahead and either check them out over there at Smoker's World or check them out on Instagram at Honey Mountain Pioneer. And we'd also like to give another quick shout out to Tropical Grease for keeping us high during this episode. Hell yeah. And you, and you, you know, what's the highest state in, in America? The highest state the in The highest America? state in America. Jesus fuck. So when I think of stoners, where do they come from? Well, probably the birthplace of cannabis as we know it. 
California. Uh, fucking course. And I mean, I know you surfed. Did you ever go to the California State Fair? I did not, but I I did spend a little time out there in Cali, and let me tell you, even back in like 2015, it was skunky as fuck on them streets, bro. I feel you, and I'm like <laughs> super salty that my daughter gets to attend, right? The, yeah, because she told me that they oh got tickets God. this go around, and like I'm probably gonna tell her to like live stream like the con- like part of it. Part that of would it, be yeah. amazing. Imagine yeah, if we awesome. could like fly out there and just go to it. What is gonna it? Be awesome. When is it? Let me tell you. All right. So according to the article, the California State Fair has struggled for the past two years of COVID cancellations, but planning is already underway for next year's event. And among livestock and food competitions, there will be new award handed out for top pot. That's awesome. That's amazing. We're getting answers on just how the cannabis competition will be judged. The state fair is a Sacramento summertime tradition. You know what I'm imagining? What's up? Towley walking in and conducting his experiment on weed. Like, this is some good shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> this some good shit. Like, how do you, what do we do? Like, are so, we putting okay. it in mag jars? So... <laughs> Along with all food and fun, to purpose, oh, its purpose, apologize, is to recognize the best in California. Annual competitions are held to pick the top wine, cheese, olive oil, craft beer, but next year, new categories being added cannabis cultivation. That's amazing. That's amazing. It's a big milestone for the cannabis industry, said Brian Applegraff, CEO of Cultivator Brands. It's a growing industry. It's important to the agriculture in California, said Duffy. So how's it going to be scored then? Well, there's not going to be like a panel of judges sitting there smoking cannabis, said Duffy. Instead, each entry is sent to a laboratory and judged scientifically based on the chemical composition. Oh, wow. We are looking at seven different categories. Two of them are cannabinoids and five of them are terpene profiles, said Applegraph. The state's nearly 7,000 licensed cannabis cultivators are eligible to enter. And just like wine and others, the winner will be presented with the prestigious Golden Bear Award to acknowledge being the best the state has to offer. That is absolutely amazing. That is amazing. Imagine being able to put that on your product. You are the best that California has to offer. Like... That that would be the most prestigious award that you could be awarded. You know what I mean for for it's something amazing, like dude. that. It's amazing. And then the fact that they're using it on a scientific standpoint that it's not like somebody, you know, somebody's likes or or somebody's views or somebody's wants in cannabis are tainting. You know what is the 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 cannabis? You know what I mean. It's being yeah. judged on the flower itself, not on somebody's you know views on it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's like scientific, definitely. But I do have to agree with this uh, Apple Graph guy. The goal is for cannabis to be celebrated in a very normalized way. Yeah, I love it. Like that just sums up what we're trying to do as a community. Exactly. Like, it's like we want it to be just like 
somebody going over to a barbecue on a Saturday afternoon and picking up a beer. But instead, like for us, lighting a joint. Pick up a fucking ounce and roll up some blunts. (laughs) Exactly. But... I mean, that's it's really cool. Um, but entries will be accepted beginning November first, and winners will be announced in May. So it's they probably don't have a date, but it's in May. Yeah. So I'll probably have to get it from my daughter, and I'll let Dude, everybody that would know. Be amazing. I'll figure it out. Trying to get something going. Maybe she can like live stream it to me for like the 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 winner, so she can Hell get yeah. the plant for me. Well, I mean, think about be it, dude. We could like, take a plane ride out there in the morning, go to the state fair, and then take a plane ride back that night. Right. You know? Dude, the California State Fair is like one of the best fairs in the world, dude. That's what I'm I wanted, saying. I would love to go. I'm so how much, jealous how much my daughter's going. Um, my daughter didn't tell me. Oh, I, don't, I, I don't know. But we'll have to do some research. She got some tickets. But that would be so, so badass, dude. And I get to see my daughter. That'd be crazy. <laughs> That'd be sick, nasty, bro. Hell yeah. Sick, nasty. But anyway, producers say we got to hit a commercial. We'll be right back. Hey, guys. It's the Wizard from Tote Talk, and I just want to uh, come on Instagram and let you guys know about the Fall Cannabis Festival thrown by TRT Productions, our mother company. Hopefully, uh, we'll get all the information out to you guys soon. I know it will be in October on a, on a Saturday. And so far, the tickets are going to range from $25 to $150, and vendor prices will be $300. Well, I hope you guys just stand by us and uh, make sure you guys watch our Instagram, the roundtable underscore 757 for all upcoming information on the fall cannabis festival thrown by me and mountain man of TRT productions. Um, also, if you guys would like to meet us in person, please come out tomorrow at a day in the garden with the Lily brothers. Come toward the Lily Brothers Canna Company Farm on Nasman River in Suffolk, Virginia on September 12, 2021 from 10 a.m. to 7 p.m. Make sure you guys go out there and get your tickets right quick and uh, come out and see us. Give us a shout. And welcome back, guys. Hopefully you guys enjoyed that commercial. Um, so, Mountain Man, mm. if you could tell a story to somebody who wants to consume cannabis, what five strands would tell that story well in good company and armed with some basic knowledge on the seemingly endless bounty of cannabis variants now available the quest to defend your chosen strain as the best of the bunch is often a largely subjective exercise but a fun one nonetheless by contrast a conversation on which cannabis strains deserve to be considered essential in overall survey of the plant's long strange history in a different matter entirely while there are unquestionably many cannab- candidates worthy of consideration telling the story of weed through though but a handful of its most seminal species specimens is a challenge that quickly yields some obvious answers even if your favorite strain is not among the five examples highlighted below it's likely that one of these featured options is a genetic cousin forebearer or offspring of the strains you hold nearest and dearest thus consider these selections a series of strains sleeping Stones that collectively offer a brief but potential overview of just how far cannabis has come and where we may may be heading next. Dude, that's awesome. I have mine. We'll talk about it after. Hell yeah. 
but numero uno, go for it. Panama Red? I don't think I've ever heard of that before. Oh, my God. I'm so excited. Read it. <laughs> Hell, yeah. Before cultivators began breeding cannabis to create new crosses, consumers were smoking exclusively what is known as land race strains. These variants were often named for the geographic area in which they naturally grew, which is how we got Panama Red. This classic of the industry is a pure sativa that would go to become a household name for pot fans in the U.S. in the late 60s, mostly for being widely available at the time when few strains were even on the market. Known for its lengthy flower time, often at least 11 weeks. Holy shit. Yeah. The desire to combine the effects of land race strains with the short flowering cycles of cannabis originating from Afghanistan and other small climates kicked off what would ultimately become a crossbreeding revolution. Dude, I want to smoke Panama Red or I want to smoke any land race. Pure sativa. Pure. pure you would literally pure. fall asleep for like three days. <laughs> pure sativa, bro. That's pure. crazy. Pure. Pew. Here. I would look like I was like railing lines or something, bro. I'd probably be sitting here shaking. <laughs> right? That'd be fucking nuts, dude. Be fucking nuts. I'd probably be able to achieve so much during my day. <laughs> Crazy. Okay, this is definitely one that I was going to say. Yes, okay. So, fuck it. I'll read it. When it comes to hybrids, the story can't be told without including Northern Lights, a cross of multiple Afghani land races. Northern Lights is revered for its potency and quick, bountiful yield. By the time we arrive at Northern Lights number five, sowed, sowed named for literally being the fifth manifestation of the strand, the recipe has evolved. It also includes genetics from a Thai land race sativa. Bro. That's crazy. That's probably some good weed. Oh, dude. I mean, I, I remember <laughs> Northern Lights being really, really popular in New York when I was younger. Yes. It's very popular up there, I believe. The result was an addition of both a fruity taste and a more notable cerebral high for consumers. Reaching its peak of popularity in the early 90s, Northern Lights in the number five variant specifically is renowned as a sturdy, reliable strand that will also feature prominently in the next phase of the cannabis story. Wherein? Wherein <laughs> hybrids were at least crossed with one another and the sky truly became the limit. Jesus Holy shit, dude. Christ, dude. That's so awesome. Northern Lights was basically a hybrid of all these land race strands and was just like... Northern here's, Lights. Yes. <laughs> like, Here's the love child of all of the love that the land has to offer. Oh, you ready for this? Oh, my God. You got the OG Kush, man. <sighs> the OG Kush. I'm going to need a scroll. You're going to need a scroll, bro? Yeah. I got you. Boom. Got Ooh, the scroll. The story of cannabis often takes the West Coast as it's settling. 
and for good reason encompassing california and its famed emerald triangle as well as pivotal neighboring states like oregon and washington weed's evolution was one that largely took place where the u.s meets the pacific coast perhaps no strain better exemplifies this journey than og Kush. Fuck yeah. Forever shrouded in its mysterious origins, the best guess of those eager to trace its lineage suggest it was cutting smuggled. <laughs> what? <laughs> cutting cutting sm- smuggled from the West Coast. <laughs> that, does that make sense or no? I don't I don't know if that I don't know. Smuggled from the West Oh. Cutting <laughs> was a cutting Oh, 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 I get it. I cutting. wasn't reading it right. Basically okay. a clone. Yep. Okay. It was a cutting <laughs> smuggled from the West Coast to Florida and back again to ultimately yielded this iconic example of cannabis at its finest forever enshrined in the lyrics of classic rap songs and still nicknamed today as a titan of the field what is known is that we have a cultivator in los angeles known simply as josh d to thank for ushering the market into hybrid frenzy that's never truly dissipated dude okay there was a lot of big words in that one there was so i've known we've dealt with our og kush before oh yeah but the way it sounds is that we've never had true OG we never kush. had like good i'm not gonna say true i'm gonna say good cut yeah og kush because it sounds like shit bro yeah <laughs> like Thank you, Josh D. Yep. Whoever the fuck you are, and thank then it's, you. It's a backbone to a lot of different strains, you know what I mean? In, to, in today's genetics, like honest to God, like OG Kush is like like the father of a lot of different strains, dude. No bullshit. Yeah, right. Hell yeah. Or mother, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> I guess. But bro, this next one. Were you even close to White Widow? Were you even no, thinking White Widow? No, I wasn't even Widow? thinking okay. White Widow. No so, bullshit. So basically, ri- uh, r- oh my god. Rivaling. Rivaling. OG Kush in the terms of name recognition is another hybrid that rose to prominence in the 19... Oh shit, in the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> white Widow, named for the buds L- Landon with white and crystal resin. There is no actual venom to worry about. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> However, a highly potent experience is all but guaranteed for the this Netherland-born heavy high hitter. Yeah, heavy high hitter. Yep. <laughs> no, heavy hitter. I added the high oh, there. That was whatever. <laughs> a heavy high hitter. There we go. Furthermore, the despairable effects. Oh, I lost my fucking line there. Holy shit, I'm high. Oh, Where am derived I at? from a cross between oh. Brazilian indica and South Indian sativa land races. Oh, so it is a fucking made from a land race, bro. Oh, yeah. Bro. That's crazy. That's dope. White Widow has long served as a staple of Dutch coffee shops. Furthermore, spareable effects of White Widow. I fucking butchered that word. <laughs> Desirable, Desirable effects. Desirable effects. <laughs> 
a pawn described of a mix of europic and energy hell yeah whoa that's pretty dope host of popular offspring strands including white russian and blue widow i've had white russian never had blue widow i've never had blue widow as well and of course oh this is a staple this fucking is the staple of staples bro fucking like gelato it, this has been going around the 757 like hard heavy. heavy oh yeah and there's been like a huge variety as well like like from premium <laughs> premium to like some badass haircut shit you feel me <laughs> but turning our eye back to the west coast the story of modern cannabis is rather perfectly encapsulated by the balanced hybrid known as gelato Ooh. having gone through multiple incars in incarnations incarnations all curiosity of san francisco's cookie farm genetics led by famed cannabis breeders mr shabinsky and jigga phenotype number 33 is effectively uh nicknamed larry bird in reference to the famed celtics basketball player jersey number uh Featuring a cross between two already famed hybrids, Thin Mint Girl Scout Cookies, and the mouth-watering fruity Indica Sunset Sherbert. Gelato served as a pivotal uh, role in establishing the Bay Area as a new headquarters for innovative legendary cannabis strains still popular today. The amount of strains that owe a debt of recognition. Uh, recognition to this modern marvel are simply too numerous to name as for what comes next the answer is as paying a visit to your nearest neighborhood dispensary new and incredible advents in the strain game are arriving seemingly every day making the strains list above but a starting point for any cannabis com connoisseur on a quest to touch and taste all the magic of the cannabis rainbow fuck yes so that's amazing on surreal like my top five was a little different yeah but i solemnly agree with this list oh yeah so but like panama red Oh, yeah. When I heard that, like when I read, I was like, "What the fuck is that?" It, but it, it's, it's like the beginning. Bro. It's the be. It's like it's like the Holy Grail. If if cannabis had a religion, that's God. Oh yeah, like they were the gods. Oh yeah, <laughs> like that. So, but real quick, what would be your top? Five? If you were telling this story to somebody, what would be your top five? Uh, so at the top of the list, I would have to go with the, the lemon haze, bro. That okay. is, that is definitely my number one, uh, coming down the list. Do they have to be like founders or is it like top five as in like my favorites? No, 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 no. If I've never smoked before and yeah. I came to you and I was like, I want to experience cannabis and what it cannabis has to and offer. what it has to offer. And <clears throat> you wanted to tell me a story. Mm -hmm. of smoking flour what five strands would you say this is my story got it so definitely still keeping lemon haze on the list okay. it's, it's a staple because that gives you the the understanding of the citrus aspect that like 
cannabis has to offer. Exactly. Um, then I would have to go with something super, super skunky. Like I'd go with uh, like a skunk OG or something like that. Like get you some of that like real good old school funk. You know what I mean? It'd really knock you on your ass. Um, from there, I would probably go to something like a blue dream so you could understand like a, a true sativa you know type of thing like at least a, a if it's like really good grown like i had one not too long ago that was fucking fire dude um what am i at that's one two three two more two more and then I agree, Northern Lights and Gelato, I mean, definitely have to make it on the list because, oh, I mean, yeah. they're they're like forefathers for, like, everything, you know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Okay, so my top five, if I was telling that same story, it would be uh, White Rhino, yep. Gelato, yep. Super, um, uh, Super Silver Haze, which would be uh, my skunk, yeah. which would be my skunk. Um, I would definitely give a truffle. I would handpick a truffle and be like, here you go. Yeah. And then, of course, I would have to go with Northern Lights because of the true sativa effects oh, yeah. and all that. So my five is, I mean, it's 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 all flavorful. Yeah. And then the Northern Lights it. for the effect. Especially when you get really good grows on some of those, dude. They are absolutely amazing. Oh, yeah. Speaking of growing, we have a legalization alert, and this is in the international alert. So Italy, my guy, is probably going to be the next country to legalize cultivation of marijuana. Oh, my God. It's going to be amazing. So referendum, the call for Italy to liberalize cannabis. That's awesome. Like, why don't our newspapers say that? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, Italy is set for a referendum on liberalizing the use of cannabis after activists gathered half a million signatures the threshold required to trigger a public vote the referendum which could be held early next year proposes to legalize the growing of cannabis for personal use and scrap prison sentences for smelling for selling small amount of drugs I dig it, dude. Hell yeah. That's what our country needs to be doing right now. I mean, I'm telling you, dude, I feel like as soon as we get to that, like, 40, 50% mark, somewhere in there, the rest of the states are just going to be like, yep, it's time. Oh, yeah, definitely. So, the petition gathered 500,000 signatures in the first seven days. Holy shit. That's crazy. Yeah. Result described as extraordinary, but not surprising by organizers who said the speed of mobilization confirms the desire of change of cannabis. So I dig it. Yeah. So if the country doesn't want people to sell marijuana mm -hmm. in their country, that's cool. Whatever. Yeah. They have that right to do that. We chose them what, or they chose them, whatever. Mm -hmm. But they're just calling be like, hey, since I can't buy my marijuana. Let me grow a plant and just smoke what I grow. Yeah. And then that's it. Mm -hmm. And that's awesome, dude. Yeah, I, I can dig I, it. I, I, I can but at the same it. time, it's like, what about people that can't grow? You know what I mean? Like, they just, that, not that they can't, but they just don't know how to. You know what I mean? And they would rather just buy it from somebody or, or, or something of that nature. You know what I mean? Even if it's horse trading or something like that. I wonder if it's illegal to trade cannabis for for things in the united states 
I don't know. Like, like say you have a car, <laughs> right? And I'm like, Hey, John, right. change my tire. I give you eighth. <laughs> exactly. Do you think that's legal? I think that's so. like in the gray. It's area, essentially though. gifting, isn't it? <laughs> it is, but we're not officially I seven. Yeah, that's true. I mean, we're because that, that's that well, gray that, area, and it's not. It's not like. Um, like unless you get it like tested and stuff like that and everything then it wouldn't be like oh yeah i don't know something like that i feel you but italy though that's like amazing. that's amazing i mean I, I i dig it it's one step closer and it's not oh, yeah. full legalization I can't but wait it's, to it's see one step of, closer i can't wait to see what kind of infused oil start coming out of italy oh dude oh my god imagine my going to italy and eating like an infused pizza Bro, bro, don't even say that, bro. <laughs> or like a lasagna, bro. Yo. Like a stacked ass lasagna. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Oh. But anyway, how many Candlewoman of the Weeks have we had? Can you tell me? Oh my God, I don't even know. Do, do you know? I know. Do you know? It's no. We have been supporting the push for women to basically come to the forefront of the cannabis industry, um, a male-dominated industry. So, Mountain Man, who is our 21st Candlewoman of the Week? Holy crap. Our 21st Candlewoman of the Week is Olivia Alexander. She is the founder and CEO of Kush Queen, a premier luxury lifestyle cannabis brand that launched in 2015, renowned for providing quality, innovative cannabis wellness and lifestyle products. Olivia has become known as one of the industry's top taste makers, pioneering new areas of the space and creating trends at every turn. In less than three years, Olivia Alexander has grown Kush Queen into a multi-million dollar multi-faceted multifaceted brand carrying only the finest in both CBD and THC infused products. The Kush Queen product line includes award-winning bath bombs, pain relief lotions, edibles, wellness supplements, and skincare. Dude. That's amazing. That's Hell awesome. Yeah. And that is do we according have a, to her website. Do we have a website? Um, I am kushqueen.com. Oh, damn. I am kushqueen, my dude. <laughs> like, Hell yeah. Nice. Nice. I dig it. Octavia Alexander, right? Yep. Shouts out to her for her... Um, continued dedication in the canna community i mean it's 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 amazing that Bravo. we're seeing so outstanding we're seeing so many uh especially women um dominating the oh, field yeah. man like it's it, it's, it's, amazing. it's crazy dude hell yeah i'm super excited like like i say every time dude it's it's just the the detail orientedness that that women are taking to to these brands and everything it's just amazing like like even just the the little sentiments that you find to the packaging and everything like that like it's just that every they just they tend to go the extra mile you know what i mean men men overlook things like that all the time and oh, then yeah. like you get these like kind of like baggies of like jumbled up fucking edibles and shit like that like look at fucking um something sweet man like 
she is doing something absolutely amazing oh, with her treats. Fuck. Check them yeah, out. Seriously, dude. go to fucking Instagram. If you if you do not know who I am talking about, go to Instagram right now. I give you permission. Pause our show. You got to come back. Pause our show. Go to Instagram. Check out something underscore sweet on Instagram and check out her edibles. Like, it's just, you can tell that heart and soul goes into every single one of them. Oh, yeah. So, hell yeah. But shouts out again to Olivia Alexander. Hell yeah. I, the Kush I, I queen. love it. The Kush Queen. <laughs> All right. So. We're getting running short on time, so what I want y'all to do is I want y'all to make sure you guys keep up with our schedule. We got a podcast a day, except for Sunday, So, and we got two live shows within the week. So make sure you guys check out our next show tomorrow, uh, Tote Talk After Dark, and our subject tomorrow is Skinwalker. Oh, boy. So we're going to head head on there and uh, make sure you come back for another 22nd episode of 420 News, October 5th, 2021 at 10 p.m. And speaking of something to look out for, Mountain Man, tell them. The Fall Cannabis Festival. Hey, guys, we are definitely still doing this thing. You guys need to keep a close eye on the roundtable underscore 757 where we will be posting a lot of stuff about it. Uh, right now, we are still looking at venues. And hey, guess what? If you have a place that you would love to hold a fall cannabis festival at, uh, let us know and we'll come check it out. You know, like no bullshit. It's got to be in Virginia, though. That's the main thing. So uh, if you are anywhere else but Virginia, Hey, still let us know because, you know, maybe in the future, but hell yeah, dude, let us know. We are looking for the spot, but it's happening. Everything else is ready. Give us an email at trtproduction757.com. Yep. Dot wool. At gmail.com. Yep. <laughs> hell yeah. And guys, always remember, keep your tinfoil hats and your bowls close. You never know what may happen. Peace, y'all.